Hi, this is Afia Letha from KingdomBeats.com. Proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. Good evening, and you're welcome. You're tuned into another edition to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. Uh, we're doing another podcast. Uh, we're doing using a different angle this time on this show. Uh, as I say, we just want to. You've just been hearing my intro. You've just been hearing her, or you're listening to on the podcast. We've had our sponsor by KingdomBeats.com, which is Ifia Lethem. My guest tonight is a guy all the way from Chicago, um, and he's called Pat Voss. So I'm looking forward to interviewing him. Been chatting to him for a while on a platform called Get Vocal. We are actually using Get Vocal as a platform. Uh, it's a video, but we're taking the audio. Of, for those who are listening to this on the replay or on the podcast on the go, you will see well here as well there's a bit of both if you see the video but uh, it's very easy to get confused with see and hear when you're doing both uh, at the same time but uh, i'm introducing pat boss we are going to be talking about bipolar and depression so he will be discussing his own experience and how and how he deals with it and hopefully by listening to his story you might be inspired in a ways that you want to connect with him after you might want to have a conversation you might want to help each other out you might want to share experiences a way of trying to maybe have that better life uh, out with bipolar obviously not may not affect you as much in some way or form but we will get more of an insight to bipolar through pat and depression and his life in, uh, in general he's not he's not ancient he's only he's still a young guy he's still got uh, as he laughs uh, as i see that but uh even though i'm not quite looking into camera i'm doing a bit of juggling between my eyes so apologies it's, um i understand when i watch my friend tachi who does media scope that you're kind of having to juggle especially if you're on video or on audio as well you're having to still do multitask at the best of times and men don't do that at the best of times anyway but we won't go any further with that um but anyway um we ha- will have our usual 60 second singing tips coming up with benita charles uh, from benitacharles.com she is a, a singer in new york she does uh, which is great great to play that on the podcast supporting us what we do we do our other supporters will be mentioned uh, down the line through the interview so but let's not waste any more time and let's bring in pat voss uh, welcome to the ramsey and these going beyond borders show pat how are you doing hey ramsey how are you i'm doing fine today man so, so how how well, how's your day been? But I know what time you went to your bed at. Well, you're probably not much of your day, but how was your day? What day you've had so far? Hey, the day I've had so far is nice. I've I've got the show. I'm I'm very very happy that you you had me on here. That you're wanting to talk about and really dive into a deep issue like bipolar depression and anxiety and the disorders that do plague a lot of America and a lot of the world. But people maybe don't want to talk about it as much. They kind of they kind of press it to the back of their minds real quick. So I'm so glad that you had me on today and, and I've been having a good day and I've got later on today, I've actually got my fiance, uh, uh, Devo, Miss Devo 22 on Twitter is performing live in the suburbs of Chicago for her cover band. Fantastic. Well, we can uh, talk about that a bit more as well later on. Uh, so let's, for those who don't really know who you are uh, and obviously tell us where you're, tell us about background in your life, brought up school, Kind of how what is it good bad your sure. life and, and dissect a little bit. We obviously we originally from Chicago. We born brought up somewhere else. So uh, <laughs> a little bit of background about myself. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you said I'm Pat Voss. Uh, I've done 
uh, hosting. I'll get to that in a minute. I've done hosting. I've done radio. I've done, you know, my own podcast now for over five years in different, you know, way, shapes and forms over five years. But growing up, uh, I was born and raised here in Chicago, in the suburbs of Chicago, about 45 minutes from the city northwest. Um, I had a family that unfortunately my mother was very and I won't say clingy. Uh, she was very she was very protective. She was overprotective, but my father was very strict. So it was the other way around. You had an angry, uh, seemingly angry father and a overprotective mother growing up in where uh, we would always go to church every Sunday. You know, I was, I was, you know, baptized the whole nine yards. But, <laughs> um, you know, as I started growing up, I started realizing like there's something wrong and not with the church. I'm saying there's something wrong with, with me. And okay. I, and I feel a certain type of way growing up. I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was always getting picked on in school from, and I mean, from first grade on, I can remember instances from first grade all the way through uh, high school that I was getting, there was someone always after me for some reason. They always, they didn't like something about me. Maybe I was too skinny. Maybe I was too dorky. Maybe I was too whatever. And, and it's okay now. Like I realize now we can get into that later, but I realize now that I had, I was suffering from type one bipolar disorder and anxiety okay. disorder. And unfortunately it didn't help that I had the kind of family I did, the mother and father I did, uh, not that they're bad people, but it didn't help. It added on to, uh, what would later become my, my I, out party, uh, for mental disability, uh, later on. Um, but I did play sports. I did play sports growing up. Um, I played baseball. I was in center. I was a center fielder for years from the age of seven until all the way up and through high school before I hurt myself. Um, I, I, other than that, you know, playing outside, being a kid like that, trying to escape. I didn't realize early on that I was trying to escape. I thought I was just having fun outside. Didn't realize I didn't ever want to keep coming back home because that's where I started feeling depressed home and school where, how, you know, how do I get away from that? So that's, that's a little bit about me and leading up and we will go from there. Were, were you quite, uh, were you quite academic or were you more practical? Um, I, well, so there's book smart and street smart, right? Everybody says book smart, street smart. Uh, I had to learn the street smarts eventually. So I was more book smart. I was more book smart uh, growing up. Uh, but one of my friends allowed me to kind of ask him questions and, and really pick his brain growing up of, okay, what should I know common sense wise out when I'm out? What should I know? What should I pick up on when we go to a party? What should I, you know, I, I needed to learn how to be more social outside of just, Hey, get picked on at school. Hey, do your homework, <laughs> you know? So academically, even though I did not choose, um, and early on in life uh, was was not seen as bipolar. Uh, there was a big in my generation. The big thing was ADHD was thrown around a lot. ADHD, the diagnosis of ADHD um, was thrown out a hell of a lot when I was younger. And unfortunately, that's what they caught me with. Try to give me Ritalin, try to give me different types of pills to combat something I didn't have. So. um you know, I, I tried my best to do the work, to stay focused. It wasn't happening. 
of course, we now know with type one bipolar disorder that it's it's the attention. It's almost like attention deficit disorder, but it's it's uh, it feels like 100 times worse (laughs) (laughs) as far as as far as knowing you want to do something, but yet your brain doesn't want to allow you to do it. And, and it's and it's pulling you in one direction. So is there when you say type one bipolar, is there like a type different like you, know, you get type type one diabetes, you get type two diabetes, is there kind of there lesser? are many there are many different types of bipolar, and I'm sorry to cut you off there, I didn't mean to, but no. uh, there are many types of bipolar disorder. Type one is the is the uh, heaviest form. Normally okay. it's it's the high high and the low lows, uh, not so much in the middle. Type two is is more like hypomania, which is not as not full blown where people are like uh, I know somebody was saying in the comments earlier, not like you're very creative, but you'll you'll have the little bursts of that, but not for very long. Although, of course, from type two bipolar, uh, where it's the highs and lows are not that deep. You do have rapid cycling, which is you could have in a day, in an hour, in a conversation your your mind might take you on a ride. Now, it's not like I would say I would cry right now and then all of a sudden be angry with you, be happy with you. Not that bad, but you will detect a a change in mood quickly with rapid cycling. Uh, and, and even in tone of voice, you'll be able to kind of hear the, the tone of voice. So um, now other uh, everybody's different, though. That's the problem. That's the biggest problem with bipolar disorder or mental illnesses is that if even though it may be in the DSM, which is the, the you know, how to look up uh, different mental illnesses and, and wh- what they are, what kind of diagnosis or how to diagnose them. I think that people need to understand everyone is different. So I might feel a certain way in, with my bipolar disorder and anxiety than someone else with type 1 bipolar disorder, b- disorder might be happy, creative all the time when they're on a high on type 1 and never aggressive, never uh, overly angry, you know, that may never happen. Now the crashes, the crashes, the crash, <laughs> the crash happens. So when the depression happens, it happens. Um, yeah. So do you, I mean, dealing with that growing up when you, when you, went, when you actually got to the stage, you realized it was bipolar. I mean, as you say, ADHD was more the common thing. And I mean, when did they start to really recognize bipolar? Was it always there or just not recognized as much? Like they took a while with depression. They, they didn't really recognize depression until they realized it eventually did. But then it's like everything else eventually is recognized as something that there is an issue going on uh, and there is something happening. So when did you, when did they sort of realize, well, when was bipolar really discovered and say that's bipolar, so there's called that? Uh, bipolar was discovered, so there, the, here's where we get into the deep waters. Here's where we really start. Bipolar was dis- discovered because in 2013, in early 2013, uh, I have my daughter. My daughter is now going to be nine in uh, a week from today. Um, and uh, I was living with her and my ex, my daughter's mother, uh, was having issues, a lot of issues in the relationship. Didn't everything was spiral, spiraling down. Didn't know how to get a grip on anything uh, in my life. I was losing. I had lost my job at the very end there in 2013. I had lost my job. Uh, our cars got repossessed. I lost my apartment. Um, everything. And when my daughter and, or when my ex took my daughter with her to her mother's house to get away from the situation, because our lease was up, um, I actually ended up trying to commit suicide. So 
with that, then then the deep depression set in, but it was only diagnosed as depression. They didn't, I guess they didn't do a very good of a job uh, at the hospital the first time. So it, uh, it, it, it didn't, it didn't, diagnosed the first time but then i had another incident about four months later after i was let out i had another incident four months later where then when they finally brought another doctor in to diagnose i was diagnosed then in the in the mental facility uh with type 1 bipolar disorder so i've been diagnosed since august of 20 uh, 2013 so just to we'll kind of backtrack a little bit now you you said um i mean when did you meet the mother of your child. Uh, I mean, obviously, you met. You must have met her at some point. Uh, well, well <laughs> obviously, some point. I'm just forgetting. I have to say clearly, you're not 50 years old. You're only 30, and I have to. It's a limit. Oh, I've got, got a small. I, I told you, I'm an old man for 30. <laughs> I'm an old Actually, man. Actually, I have to admit, right? Do listen to Pat on a regular basis um, through other avenues. I have to find you are very, very knowledgeable in what you what you know. And I have to, you are very, very knowledgeable. I have to agree with you. You have a lot of good source of information in your head, uh, which is, uh, is, is very interesting just listening to you. And that, hence why you, you obviously did very well when you did radio. And you still do well in radio because you have that sort of knowledge. It's just there. You can't really buy, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's the way I think I was, I, I well, genetically was programmed is just, I, I, my de- so my father does it, but not to the extent that I do it. So he he does it, and he has the ability to recall things and, and do things like that. But uh, I'm going to get a little off topic, so let me get back on topic. So the the okay. the meeting my yeah meeting my ex girlfriend my daughter do- my daughter's mother. Um, <clears throat> it was 2009 when I met her. So 2009, um, I had just so in 2008, my father left my mother. Two, okay. In 2008, I had already been out of high school, graduated in 2007. Uh, but in 2008, in late 20, uh, 2008, about three weeks before my my uh, birthday, um, my mother had gotten in a motorcycle accident and had hurt herself, had hurt her arm, had a concussion, whatever else. Right. So I worked at a dealership, a car dealership at the time, came home. They they're all sitting on the couch. Hey, we need to talk to you. So that was how that was introduced to me. Then in 2009, that was in September of 2008. In March of 2009, I met I met uh, uh, my ex, and we 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 liked each other right off the bat. We tried to hang out with each other. We had issues with the mother. Her mother was very very overprotective, kind of like my mother, but in a you know almost turned up form. So <laughs> unfortunately, I had to combat those issues uh, that first summer, and we actually ended up at one point in time being homeless. Um, so sweet where I had to do certain things I'm not proud of to make our, uh, you know, ends meet and make sure we had, you know, a hotel to stay in and food in our stomachs. Right. So, um, so I think, well, yeah. let's what we'll do before we we'll take a wee small break. Uh, if you're obviously, cause we are taking, we're taking a break. It's because this is going out on the podcast and uh, we'll actually take a break. We'll come to that when you, point when you said you had to do things you weren't proud of that's always interesting because a lot of people when you're at the lowest you will have to do things to survive so we'll come into that in a second well if you're uh, you're listening to this in the podcast we'll take the break which you'll be listening to benita charles's 60 second and motivational singing singing tips uh so you'll be able to tune into that uh during during the show will be splits we'll play some music we've got carly beth that she will be um 
her new song has just been released, so we'll play that. Um, she it was a former, it was a classical singer. She's also in New York, actually. She was a classical singer, went to more contemporary, which is a really good singer, really nice music. So we'll play that uh, down the line. So, but anyway, we'll take, we'll be back after sixty seconds singing tips. And we'll be back after this. Hi, this is Benita Charles from BenitaCharles.com on Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders with your sixty second singing tip. Today's tip is about focus. In a world where there are multiple distractions, information overload, and several things vying for your attention, multitasking is encouraged. By definition, multitasking is the ability to deal with more than one task at the same time. However, there's something to concentrating on one thing and focusing on that thing until it's complete. Try it. Pick one thing you need to do. Block out a certain amount of time with no distractions. You would be amazed at what you can accomplish. Stay focused. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for the next 60-second singing tip on Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. And welcome back to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders with uh, Pat Voss, my guest, all the way from Chicago. Now, we've just touched base on his bipolar. We're dissecting that and his depression and with him growing up as well. Uh, and his first relationship uh, and the situation he's been in. Now, he did touch on just before the break that he had to do things to survive because he ended up homeless. So, Pat, tell us a bit more about that, if you're okay with saying, talking uh, about sure, it. Sure, sure. Uh, like I was saying before the break, it's my my ex-girlfriend's mother and that family was very, very protective, like overprotective. We don't want you to go out and do anything, experience anything in life. We just want you to work a job and, and secure for the family and not care about anybody outside. So unfortunately, that's what I was combating. Um, and when we became homeless, it was April of 2000. It was April of 2009 that we started. And um, luckily, and I'll say, if I can say luckily, I'll say luckily we were homeless during the summer um, <clears throat> and not the winter. But we were where I, I still had a, a car, but we didn't have a place to stay. So I was trying to constantly like drive her to her work, trying to figure out how we were going to pay for, you know, washing clothes, making sure, you know, how were we going to do all this? So imagine uh, sticking yourself another human being in a car, uh, food or things in the back seat, all uh, loads of clothes and other things, other items in the, in the trunk. I mean, it was a full car. So unfortunately we had to do that. Now, as I was saying, uh, there were things that I did that I regret. Now, the one thing that I did that I regret was, well, one thing is when you realize you're hungry, when you realize you have nowhere else to go, you will do whatever it takes, whether you have to beg or, or steal or do whatever to make sure that you have food in your stomach and you have a roof over your head. Um, unfortunately, I did result to stealing back in the summer of 2009. I was stealing CDs from uh, Target's and Walmart's and, uh, and then reselling them because I still had a car, mind you, at this point. I still had a car. So I was stealing these CDs uh, by in bulk and then going to the local uh, the local mall, which has a place called FYE, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with uh, for your entertainment. It's a, you know, sell CDs, records, movies, whatever. 
well, you can sell back CDs. If you have a CD, you can, you used to be able to do a program where you could sell CDs to them and say, I don't want this anymore. And they would, they would uh, give you a couple bucks for them. So what I would do is I would take the CDs. I'd, I'd unwrap them uh, out of their wrappers from the, from the store that I took them from, take them to FYE and then sell them, sell them back to them for three to $5 a pop. Uh, and then that would consistently pay for us to have a hotel, clean clothes, and food. Um, so that that's what I did until I was caught in in the fall of two thousand nine. I was caught trying to do that to a Meyer, and a Meyer store, and um, was arrested. Had to go to court. Um, had to pay you know a fine. Luckily, I, I wasn't like fully jailed for that. Although there was a felony amount of CDs, like the, the, the dollar amount was a felony amount, but they chose to go nicely on me and, and give it as a misdemeanor because it was a first time offense. Um, and I learned from that, like, OK, I snapped out of it. Finally, my fi- you know family members and other people were willing to help out a little to to have a place to stay. So I could kind of get my af- affairs in order in that way. And that was the biggest thing right after that. Well, the reason why we got our affairs in order is because. We figured out that my ex was pregnant. Right. So going forward, you've uh, you obviously it was a big wake up call uh, to end up. You could end up in jail, basically, which you basically didn't, which is obviously a lot better than because uh, I mean, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, the scenario. But uh, going, you've now. So you woke up. You've got your family now, uh, kicking in to help you out, and so life going forward. Your your wife, your girlfriend's pregnant. Um, what, how, where is life taking you from there? Obviously, you have to rebuild in some way or form. And what did you, what was your next stage? Um, well, going to bipolar at the same time, right? And and not knowing it. <laughs> so you got everybody in the chat, everybody watching, everybody listening. You have to keep in mind at this point in time, I didn't know that I had bipolar disorder. I didn't know how to handle what I was going through mentally uh, while dealing with everything else. So. Uh, not that, you know, nobody else suffers from that, which I know people do. So just listen. It was uh, after 2009, my, my daughter was born in March of 2010. Um, and she. It, it was tough because I was making sure that I was the one working. I worked. I worked two jobs. I made sure I put food on the table. I had things working. Now, as that happened, though, the relationship because of the way that I was functioning, the relationship uh, was deteriorating. So as I'm going, I only met her in 2009, my, my ex. So by 2010, we pretty much already hated each other. Um, but it's not, it, and it's not necessarily all, you know, one or the other's fault because, you know, looking back now, there were issues that I was having that I didn't even know I was having. But then on her side, it was taking it and not being able to, do anything with what was happening and not being able to solve anything. So unfortunately we were, we were having issues, issues, issues. And then finally in 2013, when we moved out of my mother's house, we moved uh, in 2012, we did that. We lived in an apartment with our, by ourselves for a year with our daughter. And it's still, I tanked there. I was spending money left and right on, on frivolous things and um, just constant spending where we couldn't meet our rent payments. And uh, we ended up getting evicted. So where where did you end up by getting evicted? Did you end up hotel? Did you go anywhere or what? No. So the day the 
couple of days before we were supposed to fully be moved out is when I was explaining is, is, um, well, this is before the, the show, <laughs> uh, was explaining that, um, uh, my ex took my daughter and moved in with her mom. And I was still at the apartment when they left and I was, I was, I was deep in it. I mean, feelings wise, I was, I was deep where it, it almost felt like there was no way out. So I walked myself because my car had already been repossessed. So I had walked myself from my apartment, probably, uh, I mean, a few miles down the road, walked myself a few miles down the road, went to the local store, bought myself some pills, came back to the apartment and attempted to commit suicide. So did you obviously, well, obviously didn't succeed it, which is Surprise. a good thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Obviously didn't, but the, let's. Um, so did you? Obviously, did you try or what happened? What was it regarding you know, suicide? When you're trying trying to do it, did you do it? Go through with it, or did you? I did. Uh, I just didn't. I just survived. Um, you just survived. Yeah, you yeah. I, I took all the pills I was taking. I was going to take. I just. I ended up surviving. Who found you? Uh, my mother. Okay. And unfortunately, her at the time, which is now her husband, her current boyfriend at the time um, was with her because I, I had forgotten that weekend they were supposed to come pick up. They, there was a couch that we had in the apartment and I forgot they were supposed to come pick that up because I was so like all over the place. I didn't even, it didn't even enter my mind that they were coming. And so that, and that's why I took the time to walk all the way to the store, walk all the way back. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was, I don't remember them finding me. Now I know who found me, but I do not remember them finding me. I remember waking up in the hospital. So you see, you're gonna, you did mention, I know we got a brief chat off before the show started. You had a second attempt. No, I had another oh. depressive incident uh, in, in uh, like heavy depressive incident in August, I believe of 2013. Um, because the first time that I attempted, I was in a mental facility. They took me to a mental facility. I was there for a week. Then it was, oh, you have major depression. And then I was let, I was given, uh, I was told to go to therapy. I was signed up for therapy and I was given medications, but it wasn't just major depression, unfortunately. So they, uh, so then in, in August of 2013, my ex's mother starts going off at the mouth on me. Um, about different issues and wish I would have just died when I, when I, when I did this, cause it would be better for my daughter and everyone around us and blah, 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 blah. So I, I threatened to kill her. <laughs> I, I made a verbal threat over the phone. Now, not that I would act on it, but I was so seeing red at that time that I made a threat. Now, unfortunately, then when they called the cops, the cops knew my past history of being hospitalized before. So, um, I was taken back to the hospital, be reevaluated for, you know, kind of where my mental state was at there. And I'm like, and I, and I couldn't help it because I wasn't on any right medication or anything. So I, I, I was, I was going, I was just going, 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 you know, giving them, unfortunately, everything they needed to basically lock me up again in a mental facility. So I was there for another week during that week, though, there was another doctor that came through a neurologist that came through. And then a psychiatrist and together they were like, okay, you know, here is our diagnosis. 
here it, it's XYZ seems to be going on. This they misdiagnosed in the beginning. It looks like type one bipolar disorder. And that's where I got my official diagnosis was in the hospital the second time. That's where I got it. So I have been diagnosed and, and, and have been um, officially suffering from type one bipolar disorder since August of 2013 um, and have been on disability from the state of Illinois since uh, October of 2016. Go ahead. Okay. So what we'll do is we're, we're going to take a slight break again. We'll come back with a song with Carly Beth's new song, uh, which has just been released. So uh, we'll, which is a really nice song. I'm going to remember the title. Actually, <laughs> it helps if I remember what the title is. Uh, so, which always a bonus. Uh, her new song is "Sleepless Lullaby," which is a uh, but she's an uh, artist from New York. So we'll be back after the song uh, when you're listening to this on the podcast, obviously, because uh, at the moment we're doing a video uh, cast at present. So just to not to confuse the listener or whoever, whenever you're listening to this on a replay on video or audio. So we'll be back after Carly Beth. Staring at the ceiling Hoping that you're feeling the same mm. Although I say I never missed you We both know that's part of the game I put down my phone Cause there's no trace of you I wonder if you think so too I open up my eyes And wonder about you some more You some more You sing me up I've been sleepless, you're not sleeping by my side Tossing, turning, you keep me up all night Guess I want you sleeping by my side I'm waiting for the sunrise, I think of you too much, I can't
And welcome back. Uh, that was uh, Carly Beth, uh, Sleep There's a Lullaby. Her new song has just been released. So, uh, as I say, we're back with Pat Voss. Um, we've just dissected a bit of his life, how he discovered it. He got bipolar uh, when he was diagnosed. Uh, we're going to talk about going forward, uh, dealing with that, dealing with the how to deal with bipolar and a way to manage your life. And obviously, he's done a bit of radio DJing, podcasting. Excuse me, and we'll go into that, which is all good. So, um, tell us. Once you knew that you died, you had you your type one bipolar. What was your next stage going forward? How to manage that? Uh, so my next stage going forward was to figure out okay, what's the right uh, blend of therapy and medic uh, medication? Because at the time, I still wasn't seeing my daughter, so I I uh, I was trying to get myself together. And I but I had also applied in 2013 for disability because I was like, okay, I'm working, I'm trying, everything is falling apart around me. <laughs> but, um, you know, it does have a happier ending. Uh, I promise we'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> um, but after 2013, I stopped actually working uh, for a while and then got offered in 2015. I was offered a job uh, for 670 The Score here in Chicago uh, for radio. So I, I worked for them for a little while. I did overnights. I did production. Uh, and then I moved out because I couldn't uh, afford to be out where I was at anymore. Um, so I had to move out and get a radio job out in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And that, unfortunately, was a radio station that had a an older, older audience, like an older audience, anything from 55 and older. And I was bringing, because at the time, before, right before I had started working for The Score, right before that, I was actually... Um, wanting to start and, and talked into starting a podcast, my own show. Hey, why don't you do a sports thing? You know, it might help take your mind off of some things. So I started. Unfortunately, I grew an audience with that show. Didn't know how to handle <laughs> that, but knew that I had an 18 to 24 year old audience that was interested in sports specifically and tried to bring that to the Northwest suburbs, uh, suburban uh, radio station. They told me no. I asked again six months later. They told me no again. I gave my two weeks notice and started doing my own show. Um, wow. <laughs> so I have been doing this show, this or, or not this show, not your show, uh, but my show <laughs> I've been doing for um, this is going on five years of some iteration of that show of sports and science. And um, I will say, as it goes with doing podcasts and doing what you do now, it is a fantastic way to be social. Now, some people like myself, I do have to take some breaks. I don't, I cannot go just, I can't anymore go, you know, six straight days, you know, three episodes a day where I was recording. Cause when I'm on a high, when I'm on a manic high, I can go, I can record many, many, many episodes, do them correctly, upload them, do all that. But then when the crash inevitably comes, then it's time to kind of step back and reevaluate yourself. So I do have that issue, but I will say positively, the ha having a podcast is a great way to meet people. Also, if you're not on LinkedIn already, get on LinkedIn. It is a huge uh, connection tool and networking tool. It is exactly what it's uh, supposed to be used for uh, is, is how I used it. When it came to meeting entrepreneurs, people that were on YouTube that had millions of subscribers like these. And I was interviewing these people and I was a nobody. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, LinkedIn is a huge tool. 
You look up your favorite podcaster, YouTuber, whoever, more than likely they're on LinkedIn. And if they're not, they're on Twitter. So look them up and then DM them, comment on their stuff. Make sure you try to build a, a basic foundation relationship with someone and then try to move it along to an interview if that's what you do or a, a show or if you're a producer. Hey, my co-host would love to have you on, you know, something. You've also been so obviously you quit. You did your own podcast. Uh, you've built your own audience. Uh, how long did you carry that on for? And what I mean, could you? What levels was it going to? Uh, I had it where it was not only a video, uh, video cast on uh, on YouTube like a YouTube channel, but it was also a it was also on Podbean.com. P O D B E A N. That was my first. I, I give a lot a big shout out to them because that was my first. Uh, um, audio podcasting site that I used and they have treated me very well over the years. So, uh, you know, congrats to them for, for succeeding in, in creating their site. And then of course I RSS feed it, uh, uh, fed it into uh, iTunes. So it was on iTunes. It was, you know, 24,000 Twitter followers. It, it started well. The first show started well. The problem with that is I was always working for a radio station. I was used to working for a station that was handling all the, social media, all the other stuff. So now for once, it's on my back. And I didn't necessarily know how to handle that. Now, I did try to bring that LNMU, the late night mix up. That was my original show. I tried to bring that to the suburban radio station. Didn't work. So I, I kept doing it on my own. And then when I started, when I left the suburban radio station is when my numbers started going up because I was focusing all my time and efforts onto the station, onto the podcast. So it does work. It don't I will say this, guys, don't get obsessed doing a podcast. Just be happy with what you're doing. If it's a subject that you can get into, get into it. If there's a niche that uh, niche audience that you know is going to listen to your podcast, that do listen to other podcasts like yours, make sure you know about your audience first. Do not just jump in, you know, blindly because that will inevitably lead to your failure. Don't do that. <laughs> That's something I, I made a semi mistake with with my first one. So. I had to stop because after a year, it finally the crash uh, did happen. Go ahead. Um, yeah, what I was going to say is uh, I did. I did hear you. I heard Pat on um, earlier on this morning. You did mention that you did some choreography. Uh, choreography, uh, dancing. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hence the reason I sort of bring that up because you've just, uh, yeah, so you've had. When you had your the crash after doing everything with the podcasting and really just having to manage things yourself, I mean, we're going through a crash. What before we go into the other topic of choreography in that other hobby? Sure. Uh, can going through that period of crash, how long you crashed for? How long you totally out of it? Uh, months. Sometimes. I mean, if you, if, if anything, if if anybody's learned anything from my last show or my current show, JCT Podcast, um they will know that my last interview now I have a, a few interviews coming up that I've now rescheduled. Um, but if you look, my last piece of content was like five, six months ago on, on JCT podcast. So there's a big gap. There's a half a year gap in between content. That is inevitably what, where you can tell the crashes happened. You know, even though I might be on the upswing now where I can, if I can interview people again. Um, you'll see that kind of gap. And that's where I say, I don't want to let my, you know, people that not necessarily even subscribe to the channel, even if it says 70 subscribers or whatever it is, you know, the views wise, I love that I'm able to get good guests. Those guests get good views. 
you know, but I don't need, I, I, I just don't want to let my uh, subscriber base or a viewer base down because if they're used to something and I'm doing, and I'm pumping out content co uh, constantly for six months and then I take a six month break, I, I may be able to format my show like that. Like, Hey, it's in seasons. Next season's coming back in six months, but you know, I just I don't want to let an audience down that gets used to something is my biggest thing. So it gives you a bit of time to recharge. It does give way. me a long time to recharge. So, but, but when you when you're having a a crash moment, what do you go through? What's the obviously when you're just literally having, you just sleep a lot, or do you what's going through your head? I can't really I can't sleep normally when I'm going through it. Um, normally, yeah, the sleep deprivation gets really really bad. Uh, I start having what I would consider like PTSD type flashbacks, a lot of older relationships or older events in my life, just keep, keep you up. It keeps you like, it's a, it's a nightmare when you're awake. Okay. I'll say it like then, that. It's a nightmare while you're, while your eyes are open. And how'd you tend to deal with, how'd you deal with that with yourself? How'd you do, I mean, you must have a, have a coping mechanism to deal with these things. Uh, I try. So that's where I say, and I told, talked to you before this show is, is uh, my coping mechanism may not work for everyone because I'm starting to realize the majority of human beings do not use this kind of mechanism. Um, I let it pass. I let it pass. I try to go on with my normal day, not saying I'm trying to fill it with other things so that it just, it just passes. No, I'm just going on with my normal day because I have learned over the years, whether it be at home with my upbringing or at school getting picked on, you have to learn how to survive. Not that you might be happy all day, every day, but you have to learn how to survive through it. It is a scary and maybe people would say unhealthy way to go about it. But I will tell you this. I have to learn while I'm having things where I have to, I'm seeing my daughter now every other weekend. I am engaged. I bought a townhouse with the, with my fiance. I have responsibilities. I have other things going, but even when I hit my crash, it uh, it's nice to know that I still have someone that understands like my fiance that understands what I'm going through minute to minute. So that it's not like, Oh, he's just acting like this again. Uh, so that is very, very nice. I would say she, I hate to say a person is my coping mechanism. Not that I can't, you know, get through it myself, which I have, obviously I'm still alive, but it's, it's, um, it's, it is nice to have someone that not to, Hey, I'm your crutch, but I do understand what you're going through. I, I, you explained it well to me, what you're, what you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. So now I know how to kind of react to it and, and be reactionary um, and, and help you out a little bit along the way where you need, where you might be slipping a little. I love that. I do like that. Um, so, so unfortunately coping mechanism, I, I, it's not just breathing. It's not yoga. It's not any of this other stuff that I have tried that doesn't work for me, but I've seen has worked for so many other people. It just doesn't seem to be cracking through here. And, uh, guess, but, but I'm still, but I'm still alive and I'm still creative. <laughs> I'm, guessing, I'm guessing Lycra is not quite a good look for you. No, for your you yoga. I'm guessing Lycra is not quite a good look for you. No, you know, I, I, I found out that uh, downward dog is not a great pose. Okay. <laughs> 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 Moving on swiftly on that one. Kurt, Curtis, Curtis, you know what I'm yeah. saying. 
And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so currency is a guy who's obviously in a video chat, and there's people who. Uh, but I'm going to take it. We'll take a small break. Uh, I'm going to shout out to my supporters uh, who contributors to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders, uh, and it's uh, I'm grateful for the people who do support what I do, and I like to give that back to them in the day. Uh, I give thanks to Eileen Smith from um, EileenSmith.com that's I-L-E-A-N-E and she got a YouTube channel she does a lot of uh, broadcasting of live uh, broadcasting platforms podcasts uh, live streaming if you want to learn stuff you'll learn a lot through Eileen she's constantly testing stuff and um, also want to be thanks to John Drummond from uh, who's in Edinburgh who ideas go live.com he's a web designer he does websites uh, great guy he did my website for my business Um I want to shout out to obviously myself. If you want cleaning services, edinburghdusters.co.uk. If you're in the vicinity of Edinburgh or maybe you're looking some advice in cleaning, happy to help and give us a shout, edinburghdusters.co.uk. Um, they've got Curtis Brooks Media Productions, who's a big supporter of us, and we thank you for his help and support going forward. So if you're looking for some videos or even websites or some uh, other stuff, advice, he's happy to help Curtis Brooks Media Productions. He is in Texas. But he's global. Um, want to shout out to Brentman, BrentmanMusic.com, country singer. But he's a, a great supporter and encouragement uh, to us. Uh, what we do, and uh, thank you for him. And he recommended my recent one of my recent podcast guests, which I will be up shortly. Um, but yeah, and also uh, Shannon Griffin, who does he's a cancer breast cancer survivor, does t-shirts a t-shirt brand called for humanities want to thank you for all these people who do support us and there's also as i say benita charles uh that supports us with our singing tips and it's grateful to be player music she provided with us to entertain you as well and our main sponsor is kingdombeads.com by ifia lethem so if you're looking to design your own beads or have your own I mean buy what's there on on the website you can go to kingdombeads.com and you can uh, make a purchase and help support uh, her and uh, the show as well what we're doing so that's a shout out to my supporters and sponsors um yeah i was gonna play another carly beth songs uh, i'll play that and we're we'll back after this uh, i'm just gonna pick a random one so and i'll uh, go from there but she's a really good artist and really good songs i like her music uh, as i say i like finding the artists if you're an artist out there and you're listening to this and you've got music and you want to get it onto a podcast or more to a global scene uh, i like to be able to take the local to the global and the global to the local scene for people to hear what they do so in the day you're not just stuck to your sort of same old routine of uh, you want to get it out to people in scotland or the uk i'd love to open the doors open give me a shout i'll listen to it if i like it i'll play it if i don't like it i might play anyway <laughs> but uh, anyway that's a uh, big thanks to we'll be back after Carly Best when on our sub tunes and we'll back in a sec I'm sitting in class see the parking lot Used to be sun, but now there's raindrops You're thinking how you can make it stop Thoughts and prayers are sent along But they don't fix what is really wrong We think we're weak, but we stand strong I was in Said, we need leaders for no one. 
Welcome back to Ramsey Unleash Going Beyond Borders. Uh, we're using the platform Get Vocal. You also will, uh, you're going to be on obviously a video platform. If you've heard of it, you can go to getvocal.com, which is G E T V O K L.com. And uh, we're in with my guest, as Pat Voss, all the way from Chicago. If you are a TV fan, you will probably know you got Chicago Med, Chicago PD, and Chicago Fire all in the one place. It did have Chicago Justice. If you're a bit of a TV geek like myself, as you can probably never guess. Um, but that only lasted one season. But hey ho! But I like I'm a bit. <laughs> Pat is laughing because he knows what I'm talking about. Uh, so, but uh, Pat, thank you as you've been on here. Thank you for what you've been sharing with your experience, which has been great. Um, we're going to talk about. I, I, I lost my train of thought. We we're going to talk about it when I took the break. You we're regarding your uh, talking about choreography. Yes, we're going to talk about choreography because you're just uh, you realize well. You, we've talked about how you dealt with your crash. That's what you're putting you, how you just get on with it and you just let it pass. Um, 
it's good it's good news that you're now seeing your daughter every other week which is fantastic news thank you you've obviously recently got engaged was it recently uh i've been engaged well so because i'm on disability from the state of illinois uh i have actually i was engaged in november of 2016 um i'm still with my fiance uh but we're trying to figure out where i can move forward to possibly supplement find something that i can to supplement in what i'm missing for my disability and what I can earn on top of disability pay, because what eventually would happen is if we were to get married, it would be a, a joint income, which would make sure that I lose all of my disability income. So I would need to make sure I supplement. But once I do, I, and we figure that out this year, more than likely 2020 or spring of 2021, we will be married. Well, G, with, uh, with knowing what you go through in life on a daily basis, I mean, uh, feeling dep- I mean, what generally gets you depressed? I mean, even though you've got the bipolar, but what gets you maybe down on a day when you're feeling just you just can't be bothered doing anything, and you just you actually just it's like you. I mean, for me, I've been through depression myself, but obviously not to the extent of bipolar stage. I, I know what it's like to get down, and I know what it's like to suffer from it. You know, sit there and you literally just have days when you're just crying, and that because you just you're just so low, you know, what's end. So, what when when you get days like that? I mean. How you, I mean, dealing with that, you must still, and, and it's, diff- it's difficult. Obviously, you, you must, you're not just going through the whole bipolar, but just getting days when you get down, you just want to, how do you cope with that? How do you, well, it's without, more, it's, but what I mean, mentally, when you, you get down, you just really can't be bothered, and you just want to, like, oh, this is really quite hard. How am I dealing with this? How am I going to get, without just letting it go through? But what, I don't know, I'm probably lost. I'm trying to throw what I'm trying to say. I lost my question. I, I've, I've, I've got you though. I've got you covered. So unfortunately, it's not. It's not where I don't want to go out and do anything. It's. It's all. It feels. I can feel the separation. That I know it's internal. It's mental. It's. It's yeah. not physically making me where I won't go out and do anything. Like I may go out. Well, eventually, yes. If it gets bad enough, I will just want to stay in bed all day. Um, okay. But. Most of the time, it's bad where it keeps me up at night. And okay. it starts by whatever is wrong with whatever I perceive as wrong with the day or wrong with whatever, you know, whatever I'm doing at the, at the current moment. I don't know why it decides to come out, you know, at night, but it's because I have a, a time to think. I have time to think. I'm not constantly moving. I'm not on get vocal at that time. You know, sometimes I'm not on get vocal or on a platform where I'm being social, even if I'm destroying people's belief systems, I'm not being social. <laughs> I'm not being social. So it's, it's time to think. And unfortunately um, thinking for someone who has, is, is going through a lot of depression is not the best thing to be doing. You know, you, you yeah. want to stay kind of busy to, to let it pass, to let it kind of work its way out. The, the interesting thing, and I will give this piece of advice to people that do suffer from it. Do not, overwork yourself do not overexert yourself too there has to be a balance unfortunately i know people don't want to have a balance they want to have all good and no bad but the problem is when you're trying to combat uh, combat the depression by staying busy that can always turn into it could trigger a manic state because you're overexerting yourself so there is time to learn again work with your therapist if you have a therapist i suggest it therapy like psychiatrist to to uh, try to level out. Sometimes medications work. Sometimes they don't. I'm not going to lie to you guys on here. 
I'm not going to tell you like everyone else should tell you that medications are always going to work and it, it, there's always, it always evens you out. No, it's, it's not true. Um, but I'm not saying that it can't work. And that's the thing I'm realizing. There are some people that suffer from mental illness that do not, it doesn't, it just doesn't gel with them in the same way that it will with, with other people. So, and I've met a few of them that are not on medication, but have some other coping mechanism, like you were saying, or have something else to not necessarily make the lows so low. So, uh, and, and, uh, and it, for those of you in the get vocal room, uh, big bad Brad just said, makes it worse with meds. Sometimes that is true. Sometimes it does get you if it's not the right combination, and you haven't been on it long enough to really get your body used to it, it could, uh, you know, spiral a depression, but it's not always going to. So there are people that will be okay by doing the normal steps of, of ways of doing things. And there's other ones that kind of have to be out of the box a little bit. So for me, it's, it's, it's a way of, I have to just stay and watch the YouTube videos and, and I'm watching physics lectures. I'm watching, uh, or talking to you guys on Get Vocal, I'm always doing something during the night because if I'm not and I'm just sitting in bed, that's when I start. I, I would start spiraling, and I don't want to do that either. So that that is what I do. So what we're going to do? What's a couple more questions? One, what is going forward? You obviously want to get married uh, in 2021. You've got to get, do you have sort of a, a sort of set many goals that you do you think going down the line in your life that you will ever have some sort of better control of your bipolar going down the line that you'll be able to have at least try and live a more of a I would say a semi-normal life to an extent but if, if you pardon the, well if you know what I mean the normal if you know what I mean so no I, I understand what you mean and, and unfortunately I don't think normal you know obviously I know what you meant but you know yeah. for, for those of Excuse me. Sorry. For those of you out there that are suffering from mental illness. It may never be what you consider normal, but but definitely there are happy mediums to be met with a lot of these. So don't just go straight to I know life seems hard. Your mental state may seem really heavy, but don't don't go to, you know, trying to take your own life. Don't ever if you can help it, if you can, if you have to call an emergency line. If you have to call a, a suicide hotline, if you have to have a therapist on dial or a psychiatrist on dial, get them to get a plan together to where you have emergency contacts in that way. Because if you don't, that's why you see these even young people that are getting bullied or, or, or have a mental illness or whatever it is that do end up committing suicide because they just don't in their mind. They don't see a way out. They don't see a happy lining to it. And. There are not everyone will have a happy lining, but it, it's much more possible if you're already thinking that way. If you're trying to reach it, if like you said, a goal, I know I have other goals I'll get into in a second. But if you have a goal, make sure that you have a and I won't say this on your podcast, but make sure you have an effort button. Make sure you have an internal effort button. And by effort button, I mean. You have to learn and you have to, and I hate to say harden yourself, but you have to harden yourself mentally enough to learn that you're still suffering from it. You know how to, you're trying to build coping mechanisms to it and, and having a contact list, but you also need to not care what other people think of what you're going through. You need to be able to, the people that are going to say, you know, do you wrong, leave them by the wayside because those guys eventually, even if they keep doing it day by day, guess what? They don't matter to you in 10 years. Are they going to matter to you? No. Is somebody in school bullying you going to matter in, in 20 years? No, 
Um, hell, even my ex-girlfriend, who I have not been with now for six years, she doesn't matter to me. And I, it's because I was able to, to cut that mental thread. And that's the thing is, is it doesn't work for everyone, but that is the one thing you should be striving for constantly. Because if you don't have it, it's very difficult to make it through everyday life. If you don't have some kind of internal effort button. Okay. It, it's, it's, it, it's not something, especially if you're, you're suffering from mental illness in, in a, in a severe way where it's really, it could be life threatening. You have to have that little backup plan that I call the, the effort button. No, it's good, good advice. I completely agree. You've got to be able to, if you take things too seriously in life, when you're going through, it can be, it can affect you more rather than just saying, listen, I'm going to keep moving forward and think of me. And the main thing is being, it's, it's about you. It's not about anybody else. You've got to just get, survive. And you've got, if you don't survive, you're going to crumble, you know. Um, but let's say we're going to go into a slight lighter note. How did you get into choreography? Ah, good. Here it comes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you drag things out, don't I? Uh, to get, <laughs> hey, why did you want to, you know, why did you want to kill yourself? Hey, how'd you start dancing? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, seriously, though, I got into choreography. I started with with uh, uh, musical theater uh, back in high school. I uh, started doing choreography for, well, start, start, excuse me, let me back up a little bit farther. I started watching different choreography from like West Side Story, Chicago, Rent. I was watching these things and, and like, okay, I like how they're doing this. Well, not really Rent, but more, more so uh, Chicago and West Side Story. And I'm like, okay, I see how they do that. And I love the way they move. They move fluidly. They move fluidly. They're professionals. I can see they're professionals. How do they get to that point? Where are these, you know, because luckily for me, I grew up in an age where YouTube is king. So uh, I, well, not real. Well, I mean, after high school, but whatever. <laughs> YouTube was king enough to the, at the point that I wanted to do this. So I was able to look up videos of people doing choreography, like breaking it down bit by bit and learning the cadences. And then for the longest time, I found out, you know, since I was a little kid, I was really one of the only people in my family that had true rhythm like true rhythm. I couldn't lose the beat. It wasn't, even if I tried, I can't be stereotypically white. And I know people are going to laugh at that, but I can't be stereotypically white and I don't, I have rhythm. I can't lose it. It's just not in me. So um, when I, uh, when I got into high school, <laughs> when I got into high school, thanks Curtis. Uh, when I got into high school, I um, started dancing through musical theater and, and then realized I'm, better at these at these routines because i've looked them up i'm better at these routines than the people that are trying to teach these people the routines so then i i offered to, um to my teacher i offered hey why don't i teach these guys why don't i take these guys and then on the weekends i can teach the chorus the background dancers as well and i did and we had you know three different musicals in a row we had uh, uh we did we did uh grease we did guys and dolls we did uh, unfortunately, my senior year of high school, we did um, high school musical because the theater teacher stepped down. So the music teacher was the one that took over. And unfortunately, high school musical was popular at that time. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, on top of that, I tried to boycott. <laughs> 
I tried to boycott the high school musical play in, in my senior year of high school. Uh, I threatened and I got a group of us together to threaten to walk out if we didn't get certain demands met. So, and not, and not do the play as our senior year play. Um, so what were, what were the demands? Well, the demands were, we have to have, we know where, because he was trying to put his own music students in certain spots in the, in like main characters when we knew that other people we had could act better than these people could just sing, they could act better. So we were trying to get these other people like, listen, don't favor just, just because these other people are kissing your butt. Don't favor them, favor the people that have been working their tails off for four straight years. And some of us, even from middle school that were together back, even then, you know, give us that. And my only demand for me was I hate this musical. (laughs) I don't want to just be a backup dancer because that just that craps on my entire hard work for the last four years. I said, if you make me assistant choreographer to teach these guys the choreography for these, I will stay on. And they all our demands were met. We went on with the musical and we were good. Now, yeah. And after high school, I actually helped choreograph West Side Story at the local community college. Um, but th- that's where that started. Unfortunately, and go ahead. I know. I was, I was just I was good to carry on. Was, uh, obviously a bit more. But I thought you're kind of coming to the end of that. What you're saying, but there's more to talk about. Carry on. Well, I forgot that there is one other thing I was doing at the same time. What, what are we doing? <laughs> As I was doing musical theater and choreography there, I was also doing hip hop choreography for years. Ooh, I wanted to turn my rhythm into not just, hey, we're a jet. Hey, we're this. Hey, we're, you know, super freaking, oh, I must curse there. We're super freaking like hyper. And uh, <laughs> sorry. And I was like, you know, I like that, that dirty, low down. I know not, a lot of people won't understand what I'm saying. Now, people in the chat will, but um, I won't. I like that dirty, low down. Like you have to have a rock with it. You have to have a rock. You have to have a certain type of rhythm. And I had that type of rhythm kind of mentally. I, I could feel it, you know, and I wanted to make that come out. So then I learned. <laughs> uh, and and um, and then I learned that uh, I could I could pick up choreography for hip hop dancing quick. Uh, and not just not break dancing, spinning on my head, but I'm talking, you know, ticking, tutting, waving, anything, anything to, you know, come around. I could pick it up quick. And, and that was the best part is, is learning quickly. And that's something I, I think it, not everybody has. Some people have to learn it. Some people have it. I understand. And I've met some from either category. But uh, then after I got out of high school and I was choreographing West Side Story, I got picked up by a studio in the Northwest suburbs to be an assistant chore- uh, hip hop choreographer and was in that position up until uh, up until 2013 or up until 2012, late 2012, right before actually the incidents of the losing the apartment came up. I was still doing choreography at that time. So I was doing m- multiple things. So it, it uh, you know, I, I don't lose it. And I still perform. Like if we go out to my fiance's show, she performs a certain song or there's a certain song playing. There might be people out there that want to do a, a, uh, a uh, not a dance contest, but they want to they want to they want to have like a dance off. They want to see who's who's better. And I'm like, OK, let me just show you real quick. But <laughs> so now you're sort of, well, you've done that and you've obviously you're, you've seen you've still got it. 
Um, do you still do you plan to resurrect that going forward? I do. I plan to resurrect two things. I plan to not only go back and do choreography for a studio, mm-hmm. uh, but I also plan on um, or at least helping other people learn choreography because I have pieces. I have, I think, 50 pieces of choreography that I want to teach other people that I think would look nice to a certain song. And there's other people that I know that can do these certain things better than I can do. So I know how it'll look when they do it. Um, So I want to resurrect that in that way. In the other way, as far as broadcasting radio, I would love to work for a a local station. There's a station actually 20 minutes from here, uh, from where I live in the suburbs of Chicago. That is not the same old person station that I was working for before, but it's a, it's a sports and news. So uh, I have done a lot of commercial spots. I also offer that right now on the side. I offer, and not to try to plug myself, but I offer uh, like voiceover commercial spots. I do my show. I'm offering to to have any anybody on that's an interesting you know conversationalist. I want to have you on if you can make if you can keep up with where we go in the conversation. Like for you, you you get it going. You make it fun. You, you keep, you know, you have to take breaks and I like it. You have it running like uh, it's, it's running a real show. And that's what I like. That's what I want to get back to is really running a, a real show. And, and I feel that in the next two years, probably around the same time that we're, I'm saying about getting married, probably in that same stretch, I, I want to work for a station again and work for their full, uh, full time and see if I can't keep it under control so I can stay there this time. That's no, that's good. Well, as I say, uh, myself and my sort of the community I have, we're always happy to, if you connect connect with people, we're happy to help in any way. That's the main thing, right? Uh, yeah, that's why I like that's what I like doing these interviews and to and it's inspiration, hearing people's stories, but offering that help back to say if we can connect you right, connect you with people in, in any way to try and help you with choreography or they're getting into radio. Listen, you're, you're you're you know you know what you want, you know what you want to do. And we can uh, basically try and connect you and get you moving forward again. Obviously, at a manageable pace for yourself. That's correct. I mean, that's that's exactly what I want to do. It, it it that would be the perfect scenario. Let's say that that would be the one hundred percent perfect scenario. Coming back is doing broadcasting and also as a side gig, doing some part time choreography and assisting in with a studio. That would be great because that are those are the two things that have. I hate to say, other than my fiance being with me, those are the couple things that have kept me alive. Is is doing well, broadcasting and, and and dancing. So, well, what we'll do is, well, where can people connect with you if they want to get in touch with you if regarding choreography, radio stuff, voiceovers, anything else? Where can they connect with you? So you can connect with me. I'm, I'm re-upping my Fiverr. Uh, I will post that again. But for right now, you can uh, to, to, to offer voiceover work. But really what you can do is reach me on my email at jctofficialpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach me at uh, critthinker, C-R-I-T, thinker, 88 on Twitter. Um, and also, if you want to reach me, yeah, you will see... Um, you will see my my nice smiling face in the in the in the booth at um, 
at the booth at Wrigley with my headset on. You can reach me at Patrick Voss on Facebook as well. So there's a couple ways you can reach me now, and then we'll work from there to see if you want to be a guest on my show, if you want to have voiceover work done for your business, your podcast, if you need any kind of intro outro work, I am your guy. Well, we will have all the, the these these the, on the show notes. We'll have all where you can connect with Pat uh, on Pod. He's Podbean. And we will have them all in the in the show notes, so you'll be able to link up with Pat uh, at the end of the show. Uh, and when you're listening to the podcast as well. So as I say, I want to say thanks to Pat for being on the show. Pat, would you want to close out in any, any anything you want to say to people just a bit after for those who have listened to this? Yes. I do want to say, and thank you for giving me the time to do so. Um, I will say for anyone out there suffering with mental illness, it's it's not too late. It is not too late to stay alive, to stay, I mean, I would say relatively happy to make yourself realize that there are other things out there and there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel, whether you want to see it or not. Um, I will say if you don't support your local NAMI and you do have no idea about your local NAMI office, which is national Alliance for mental illness. If you do not support your local NAMI, you can go to NAMI.org and there are different places. Depends on where you're at. There's ones in all major cities. You can find your local office. You can, uh, participate in runs, in events with your local NAMI office. Um, and that is actually underneath. And I know you can't see this on the podcast. There's a shirt I'm wearing underneath, and that is a green uh, brain with a NAMI Chicago. I am actually a member of NAMI Chicago. Uh, so NAMICHicago.org. But uh, that, that is it. Uh, definitely contact and, and take, your, take your mental health and physical health, take it very seriously, guys, because it could you, you, you don't realize when you're maybe one click away from doing something that you can never reverse or seeing the light at the end of the tunnel in some way, shape or form to where you are at. Maybe where I'm at or where someone else is at, where you are still thriving to try to do and striving to try to do and complete what makes you happy. Well, thank you. Well, as I say, I want to thank Pat for from all the way from Chicago, uh, being on the Ramsey Unleash podcast show. Uh, also on the video chat, we, we're using getvocal.com. Uh, as I say, if you never speak what, what Get Vocal is, you just go to getvokl.com and you can, it's a video platform where people chat all across the world and network and uh, some general conversations as well. Uh, let's, let's just say it's uh, keeps you in a different frame of mind sometimes uh, we can be a bit crazy but it's fun but uh, Pat do you want to say anything at all anybody you're going to say something there yeah one thing before you sign off of here for anybody that's doubting anything here it says you are now listening to Ramsey Unleashed going beyond borders here inspirational stories every single episode welcome to Ramsey Unleashed on Get Vocal thank you very much I appreciate that there we go I had a, a free voiceover from the man himself uh, but I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been listening who, who's listening on Get Vocal and who'll be listening on the replay on the podcast uh, as I say big thanks to all our supporters again uh, Curtis is one of them who's been watching this uh, uh, which is great Curtis Brooks Media Productions uh, and many other people Eileen Smith and John Drummond ideas go live so as I say it's great to have all these supporters uh, and kingdomeads.com so as I say we are uh, supported by them so sponsored by them I should say so I want to say thank you so until next episode until we come back as I say have a great weekend have a great week wherever you are in the world and we'll speak to you soon bye for now <laughs>